This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, yeah, there's another aspect to it, which is that I think um, going back to something you said before, a lot of people in this area and brands and, and individuals have been worried about going into this for teens and tweens because it, they felt it involved talking about sex and contraception. And it doesn't have to, in my view. The app doesn't talk about sex and contraception. It's not giving fertility indicators. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Looking back, if there was one thing I could change about my teenage years, it was giving myself a lot more extra grace and honoring my menstrual cycle, or at the very least, understanding my menstrual cycle. Because back then, my period was the bane of my existence. Now, I know that I've shared this here before, but like many girls, I had a hate-hate relationship with my period. And I will never forget the day that I first got my period at 11 years old. I experienced so much shame. I mean, I started bleeding at the roller skating ring when I was having the time of my life with my 11-year-old boyfriend at summer camp. And I immediately needed to hide in the bathroom to deal with this blood stain on my jean shorts. Luckily, I had this long Paula Abdul t-shirt that was able to cover it up. And then I remember going to a new school the next year in sixth grade. I actually went to three different schools in sixth grade, but that is a different story for a different day. And at the second school that I went to, I found out that if anyone knew that you had had your period, the boys in my class would vandalize your locker for multiple months and torment you. My period always felt like this dirty secret that I couldn't talk to anyone about, and it only got worse. By the time I was in high school, it was the one thing about my body that I really hated because my period made me a target in my own home with my stepmother. She would weaponize my period against me every single month, claiming I was addicted to sugar, I was unhinged, I was moody, I was awful to deal with. I mean, she had a list of complaints that she could easily attach to that week of my period. And I would do everything in my power to hide any evidence of having my period, but she always knew because she was carefully tracking me behind my back and looking through every single trash in the house. No matter how good I tried to be, no matter how even killed I tried to be, man, it was just an opportunity to come after me. It was such a nightmare to live with someone who looked for every reason to hate you and used your body against you. So by the time I left that house halfway through my senior year in high school, I was ready to shut the whole reproductive system down. Not that I knew that I was actually doing that at the time. And let me tell you, I did get on birth control. And yes, it did shut off the entire system. And I had extremely severe side effects. Like I was never the girl who could handle hormonal birth control. It was always the worst experience. 
And I wish, going back, that there had been a different narrative growing up. And I wish that I had understood my menstrual cycle, that it was actually my superpower, and that it was designed to be a bit all over the place in my teenage years, and that that was normal. All of it just felt so abnormal to me. And I wish I would have known how to track my cycle and what the different phases were, and that my menstrual cycle was truly my fifth vital sign, sending me a monthly report card on my overall health. And my guest today, Holly, is on a mission for teenage girls, kind of like little teenage Marisa, to feel empowered about their mental cycle so that they feel more in harmony with their bodies and the reproductive system, that it isn't this mystery thing that we should be ashamed of. Today, Holly and I are going to be talking about how we can do better for our girls, and we're going to be talking about her new app, Tina, that helps girls track their cycle in a very positive way while educating them about how their body functions from a health standpoint as a vital sign. And before we kick off this really incredible and what I feel like is a much-needed conversation, I want to quickly sing her praises. Holly Griggs-Sprawl is the author of Sweetening the Pill, the inspiration for the documentary The Business of Birth Control, on which she was a producer. The book was released in 2013, hitting its 10-year anniversary, you know, this year, Holly recently launched Tina, a free educational forward app supporting body literacy for tweens and teens. Let's welcome her to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Holly, how are you doing today, girl? I am good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited for this conversation. It's not a conversation that I have enough of here on the show. We're going to be focusing specifically on younger girls, on teenage girls, as they're coming into their menstrual cycle, as it's really coming online. And I know you and I both know that that can be such a complicated and challenging and really a time where there's a lot of misinformation and I don't feel like girls are getting set up for success. I know for myself, I have some horrific period stories when I was in my teenagers, teenage years that I've shared here on the show. And so what I would love to do is I'd love to just have you get started with kind of what was that defining moment for you where you were like, you know, this is the demographic that we're not paying enough attention to when it comes to understanding menstrual health and overall, you know, vitality and energy around our cycle. Yeah. So I've been working in this space for over 10 years now for over a decade and um, my focus has always been on education and body literacy and informed choice and the thing is it all comes down to and I've always said this is we should be teaching young girls to understand their menstrual cycles you know preferably high school preferably earlier than that and that they should have access to information about not just how to manage their period but also about what the whole cycle is, the phases, the two events of the cycle, ovulation and menstruation, and the rest. And so that's always been something that I've repeated in interviews, and it's come out in my work with my book and my documentary and my workshops. And so as with all my work, I've wanted to look at practical ways to bring that idea to reality in a way that is accessible and meets young girls, tweens and teens where they're at in terms of what they're looking for and the format and uh, way that they want to receive that information. And so that's really where this idea for the uh, Tina app uh, to pair with the basal body temperature device came from. And then for that specifically, I really was uh, looking around, you know, obviously in the early stages, the major part of it was research and looking at 
what is out there for young people in terms of learning about their periods and learning about puberty and hormones more widely, but period specifically. And I found that any kind of discussion that was more in depth around the menstrual cycle really only focused on uh, this idea that I felt was perhaps not as engaging for a lot of young girls who are sort of, you know, learning about this where just before they get their periods, they say, when puberty signs starts are like eight, nine, ten, which is that they were being told either that their period was about becoming a woman or that their period was about uh, the fact that they could one day in the future have a baby. And those are really the only kind of contextualizations that they were given for this very like new and, you know, quite can be quite scary or um, worrying experience. And I didn't feel that the ha- I was surprised that this, at this point in time that that is really our only way of starting this conversation still. And that the vast majority of books and uh, YouTube videos and various resources I could find really focused on that as a in to talking about it. And I thought, well, you know, there are some eight, nine, 10 year old girls who would be happy to hear that they would potentially become a mother or that they're becoming a woman and this idea. But there are also many that might find that quite alienating or frightening or would really just shut them down or want them to sort of uh, disconnect, but make them feel like they want to disconnect from the experience. And so I really wanted to bring in what I have been seeing over the past 10 years in your work and the work of many other experts in this field, which is presenting the menstrual cycle as a wellness um, area of uh, life or, you know, a fifth vital sign, um, something that we can examine and engage in through the health and wellness lens, which is what we've been doing for adults for quite some time now in this sphere, but really hadn't, as far as I could see, been uh, translated for the tween and teen demographic and those starting their periods and beginning to get their menstrual cycles and this idea of it being a wellness and health issue. Uh, So I really wanted to instead come into that conversation with menstrual cycles being a source of you know, uh, physical growth, personal growth and becoming who you are rather than just the means to the end of becoming a parent or the means to the end of becoming a woman in that concept. Yeah. I love that so much. You know, it's, it's, it's literally how I think about our cycle is it's this wonderful opportunity every single month to like, this is a great little health check to check in. It is so fascinating that, you know, when we look at the literature, especially when you're with the sex education or the biology education that we're getting in, you know, elementary school or junior high, when it comes to talking, it's like, or it's the information of like, okay, this, this means you're becoming a woman, or this is the way of getting pregnant, or this is how you don't get pregnant. You know, those are the three options, but rarely is anyone talking, you know, especially in the, on the educational level of you know, what does this mean? How is this a litmus test for our overall health, especially during a time, you know, where where teens are, you know, maybe eating certain foods or living certain lifestyles. And and that's, you know, they're they're having issues with their menstrual cycle or they're having issues with their energy levels or their, their anxiousness or mood and that their cycle could tell them so, so much. And so I would love to dive into what are some of the key tenets of of that education process when you guys were kind of mapping it out of like, what did you know you wanted to say to these these beautiful girls? Well, first of all, we really wanted to teach the whole cycle. So we feel that generally education is still focused on managing periods, like period products, tampons, pads, 
how to get through that week of or so in which you have a period, basically. But they're not teaching the full cycle. So they're not teaching that there's two phases, follicular phase and luteal phase. They're not teaching ovulation and how it's related to menstruation, which means that they're getting a lot of information that is based on sort of out of date or very limited averages. Like the menstrual cycle is always 28 days long and so forth. And I think that that really is a problem when you're a teenager, when you're first getting periods, because for the vast majority of them, they are getting maybe one period and then they won't get their second period for six months, or they will have very irregular periods for several years into their teenage years. So all of these averages and expectations that we're taught as though they were what they should expect personally in their own lives are pretty useless to them. But also, if I feel if you're going to teach it from a wellness and health point of view, you and you want to teach young girls to feel excited or about that they have menstrual cycles, or to, to at least move away from this fully kind of negative view of it being a nuisance or a curse or something that we wish wouldn't happen, which all affects girls from the most moment they have their first period onwards. And we've seen that in research in terms of their self-esteem and confidence and things like that. If we can move away from that, the way we can do that best, I think, is to talk about uh, menstrual cycles in a way that talks about, you know, the context of menstruation. Why does menstruation happen? What's the point of it? Well, the point of it is the whole cycle, right? And so, you know, you give them the knowledge that they need to feel like, okay, so this is a vital process going on within me. It's not just sort of a punishment every few weeks that I get, you know, it's not just this negative part of having female biology. So that was really where we came from with it. Um, and, you know, obviously wanted to cover more of the science of the cycle than I'd seen anywhere else. So we wanted to talk about, we have in the app, this app, it's the, the app is completely free and all these resources I'm talking about in the app are free. So we have an animated cycle journey that goes through every element of the cycle, where it's happening in your body, what's happening. We have cha- made the language accessible to that age group, but we haven't sort of made it too, uh, of an, we haven't made it too much of a sort of hypothetical or analogy, or we haven't turned it into a completely different idea. It's still the science of what's happening in your cycle. Um, We're still using that language. We're just trying to make it as clear as possible, um, which is what we do throughout the app. So we haven't created a different sort of fantasy story around the cycle. We're talking about what actually happens in the cycle, but in language that's accessible to all age groups. And we're also build it we've built out uh, a magazine which currently has around 40 articles in there that look at the cycle from every different aspect you know the hormones that are at play in the cycle and the way that the different phases might affect your mood or energy levels but also practical things like tips for using a tampon or you know what to expect from hormonal acne so we go very specific and then we also go very wide I was curious, you know, because I one of the things I finally learned probably, you know, later than I would have loved is that how many systems in our body are required to ensure that our menstrual cycle runs, you know, the immune system, you know, thyroid hormone, our gut, blood sugar levels. Like I think about, you know, what, what talk about a masterpiece of biology of like how many elements especially for the female physiology to run this highly 
energetic process. I mean, just the amount of mitochondria are, that are needed to like up level to run this beautiful cycle, especially ovulation. I just found it. I just so fascinated. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Holly, do you ever, do you, do you find yourselves talking a little bit about that? If like, you know, girls are having little gut stuff or that, you know, that obviously their mood is connected or their energy levels are connected. Nutrition plays such a big role, but that it's such a bigger, it's such a, the, the body system, the female body system is so much more involved than they think of just this burden of their period. I don't know if, if you find at this age, it, it's important or critical to get into that kind of, the kind of depth in terms of the whole body. But I find from a functional standpoint that, you know, connecting the dots for girls about what, how they're feeling, or maybe they're, they, they notice that their stomach doesn't feel great. And then, you know, they also notice their cycle is in, is is a little bit different. And like this particular time, I know too, like you mentioned, no one told me that my, it's going to take a second for my cycle to come online. No one, you know, it was, I just felt so much shame and like I, I, my body isn't working, you know? And, um, but then no one also told me that, you know, um, it's interconnected with so many other parts of the system too. And so I was curious if you dive a little bit into that as well, or if you find that that's appropriate. So we do, because with the cycle journey, the the first thing we put up forefront is that it's a brain ovary connection. So we immediately put it into the context of the, the body and the, as a whole system and the connection between the brain and the ovaries, rather than it just being something that's happening in one location in the body, to completely disconnected. So we do do that. We think it's important to, you know, because you do change a lot in your emotion and mood and personality as you enter those years and all these changes and hormones play a part. So I think that's really helpful for building self-awareness and self-knowledge and confidence in girls is to be, you know, aware of it being a whole uh, part of a whole body system. So we do go into that. And then also in terms of sort of the relationship, as it being sort of a feedback loop, uh, we do look at things like symptoms, like period poops, as we call them. And you have the option to track things like that, bloating, and we do trace it back to the hormonal aspect. So all yeast infections, different kinds of discharge, discharge, all those things that, you know, might be seen as symptoms of having a menstrual cycle, we do um, integrate those into, well, what does that mean? Uh, when are you more likely to experience this? Is it in your luteal phase or follicular phase? Is it before when you're ovulating or when you're menstruating? And sort of try and draw out that it's a part of a full process. Um, and I do think that is very important because, as you said, uh, not only do a lot of young girls not realise that they may have really irregular cycles they also don't realize that this can change over time they think oh this is what it's going to be like forever which can really change how you decide to manage your cycles and also they don't know necessarily that they may be heavier and more painful and just generally more disruptive when you're young than as you grow into adulthood and that, that your adult experience of menstrual cycles might be quite different and that isn't something they're hearing in the health ed that they get if they get any at all. Yeah. Well, and I think that leads to, you know, your beautiful project, you know, one, your book, Sweetening the Pill, and then the business of birth control, where, you know, we have girls with the erratic cycles because that's just the normal. Nor it takes a minute to get it all online. It's a lot that the body's having to do to core the brain having to coordinate all these hormones and but then ultimately, you know, we find that girls go in because they're really having a hard time and they're struggling. And then, you know, the the kind of the, the what I call the shut up pill. And, you know, they put, get put on birth control. 
to kind of normalize things out, which I know you and I both know that that is definitely not what's going to get the job done ever. And so I so desperately see how this information is critical because if we knew that this was a a process that we were getting to because our bodies were doing some really big, important you know, building and and creating our hormones so that they're more in sync with each other and there's more harmony, that I think we'd be less likely to go to the doctor, maybe, maybe not, but then to be put on the pill, you know, that we'd have more education, we would feel more empowered than we would just like, I need to go and kind of shut this thing down. Yeah. And I think it's also about letting young girls know what to expect, because if they don't know what to expect, then the experience is always going to be more uh, scary. Um, they're going to be more um, worried and concerned about what the next period might look like or why they aren't having a period or why it's heavy or what's happening with the, the what they're seeing in their blood and things like that. So it's all, I think, about teaching them what to expect up front. And the one of the other aims of what we did with this app is we built it all from a very positive perspective. So even when you're tracking symptoms or moods, as you can in the app, everything has a positive bent. So we don't talk about PMS, we talk about feeling fierce, you know, and things like that, which I think is can be subtle or may seem, uh, you know, why would you need to do that? But I think when we're constantly confronted confronting young people with very negative tropes around the cycle and being hormonal and what that means. But, you know, one of the things we like to do is say, okay, so yes, uh, hormones might uh, cause you to have period poops or diarrhea or acne or the yeast infection or various things. But also this is the, these are the positive things that fame hormones are doing. So it's about building body positivity really from the inside out and also body confidence from the inside out. Like I mentioned earlier, there is research that shows that uh, young girls' self-esteem can really take a hit after that first period. And one big part of that is obviously the environment that they're in. We can't necessarily change that. We can't change how boys at school react to them having periods or their, you know, their brother at home or their mom or their dad or even anybody really. But you can give them the inner work and inner information and inner self-knowledge and inner confidence that they need to be able to at least have some uh, some uh, good standing from which to receive that, whether it is negative uh, or shaming or um, to embarrass them, that they can come from a place with all this information and knowledge that is in the app. And then you know, obviously we should talk about the device too, that helps them overcome that. Um, because the big aspect of what we're doing too, is you have, we have this free app with all the free resources, the cycle journey, the magazine, uh, the mood tracking. Um, but then and we have all these beautiful like anatomy diagrams, everything um, written in this way that's very age appropriate. But then you can also pair it with the Tina device, which is a basal body temperature based device, which is the first time there's ever been a device uh, designed for tweens and teens to track their basal body temperature as a cycle sign for the information of which cycle phase are you in? Have you ovulated? And based on that, as we know, you can know when the next period will come. Um, we That hasn't been tapped into as the fact that it's amazing to provide um, young girls with the information of accurate period prediction at a time when they're not only super busy and overloaded with high school and extracurriculars and everything they have to do these days, 
to keep up with their peers, but also um, they are dealing with normal tween and teen cycles, which are very irregular, that a normal period app on their phone that just takes the period dates is not going to help them with and is probably going to cause them more stress uh, because it's never going to be right. So that the device is a big part of, of the uh, providing that education point so that they can look at what's going on with their cycles, get to understand them over time and feel more in control. And, and how does the device work? Is it, is it a thermometer or is it another different type of device? No, it is a thermometer. Uh, so it's taking basal body temperature. That is still, you know, um, regardless of the wearables market, the most accurate way to get basal body temperature data in terms of the research that's out there. And so they would take their temperature in the morning. Uh, there doesn't have to be a set time. There's no real uh, limitations on it. And the device is then synced via Bluetooth with the app. Um, some girls keep it on their phone. If they're allowed to have a phone, they do have a phone. Some have the app on their parents' phone and they go onto that as and when. And then they can see the phases and the events of their cycle in different colors. They get daily cycle synced feedback. So tips, but also affirmations based on their cycle phase and other information that they need, as well as, of course, the accurate period prediction, um, uh, which I think in terms of arming them with education, whether they're going to the doctor or their mom or the school nurse is really, really important. And as I said, it's really not been done up to this point. Agreed. I agree with you there. And I know that there's, you know, I, what I love about it is the po body positivity, the positive spin, the, you know, just really creating self-agency and self-empowerment, but really knowing yourself, whether there's boy bullies at school or you've got some older brother or younger brother, for whatever the external, you know, negative talk track or whatever, whatever's going on out there that you have, you have more agency of owning who you are. Um, but I know that, you know, especially this particular age group, there's a lot of, there's a lot of concern around mental health. And I have a feeling you've kind of built a little bit into that as well. Not only the affirmations and the positive spin, but are there other areas that you guys are looking at in terms of with this app to help support women, to help support girls with mental health? Well, yeah, there's another aspect to it, which is that I think um, going back to something you said before, a lot of people in this area and brands and, and individuals have been worried about going into this for teens and tweens because it, they felt it involved talking about sex and contraception. And it doesn't have to, in my view. The app doesn't talk about sex and contraception. It's not giving fertility um, indicators. Uh, ovulation is not contextualized as a fertility indicator. And that's partly so that it's age appropriate because we're really trying to reach like an eight-year-old to a 17-year-old. And we have women and girls, you know, young women and girls on all levels using Tina. So that's a big part of it. Although I'm sure we will maybe develop eventually uh, different age funnels uh, with other information. The main idea is that, well, no, this is a valuable bodily process and something to learn about in its own right, outside of the sex talk, outside of how you end up approaching that or when that becomes important to them. Uh, so, you know, our feeling, like I said before, is it's about health and wellness, menstrual cycle is a fifth vital sign, which is what the American Committee of Obstetricians and Gynecologists has said about teen cycles. So we aren't sort of pulling this out of thin air. This is backed by ACOG, which is to look at it that way. And then 
allow parents, even if they're not quite ready to go into the full talk about sex, they can talk about everything to do with the menstrual cycle and hormones ahead of that without having the feeling that they have to wait to do it all at once and then they wait too long and the first period already comes and um, their daughter is not ready. So it really is a way of giving parents, uh, wherever they fall on that, permission to talk about the body and menstrual cycle in a way that is is health and wellness focused. So that means that, yes, we do build in a lot of mental health aspects. And another part of it is that we have, we don't, as I said, I don't think people approach this so much because there's a feeling that once you step into this, oh, well, you're going to get into this sort of controversial area of teens and contraception and sex. But I don't think you have to. So we talk a lot about cycle syncing ideas. Um, We think it's really important that young girls know that, sure, puberty in general may make you more emotionally changeable. There are still phases of the cycle that you're going to experience and that they will affect your mood. And so, you know, tweens and teens should know that they have a follicular phase and that they might feel different around ovulation and that they might feel different in their luteal phase and that they may want to choose to do different things during those times or they may want to just give themselves space to say no to certain things at different times or just to be aware of that within the constraints of how so much of their life is sort of scheduled outside of their control of course and we do think that's a big part of the mental health aspect that we aren't really looking at with young uh, young girls and teaching them that things do change and it's okay that they change and also just to feel comfortable the way we talk about moods the way we talk about tracking moods is we're trying to sort of communicate this idea of feeling comfortable with all sides of ourselves and all different kinds of moods and all different phases um, and to not have sort of a negative judgment on ourselves for one thing or the other. So to be open to and accepting that all emotions come and go. Well, I want to say I 100% agree with you that this doesn't have to be about contraception or any, any part of that at all. And I think it's really a mindset shift, a cultural mindset shift, that we are specifically thinking about our menstrual cycle as an indicator, a, a vital sign of our overall health and well-being, and that the earlier we understand that and really kind of psych, it, like sink in, you know, what part of the cycle are we in, what's happening with our hormones in this part of the cycle, how is that affecting our, our brain, our emotional well-being, even our energy levels, you know, what parts of these parts of our cycle kind of can lend to superpowers that we have in a way that feels really good. You know, just having that, knowing your body, understanding how your body works, and then working in the external environment with that, I think is so, so critical. And I, yeah, I guess that I agree with you. This doesn't have to be, this is in no way needs to be a sex talk. And I think if people are thinking that, that they just got to really reframe how they think about things too, in a way that how we think about women's bodies and girls' bodies. The other thing I was curious about in, in terms of the app, and I love that it can be on a parent's phone or they can be on their phone. Because yeah, the, the, this is a really interesting time where there are a lot of things that are not, un, that are they're not dictating their schedule necessarily. Or hopefully they're in conversation with their parents and there's good feedback there too. But yeah, I mean, schools when, school is when school is, you know, and, and activities are when activities are. And th- those kind of things are just going to happen, you know, you know, for all kids, you're really not dictating your schedule very, very much. Um, so I can see how, you know, under having agency can really help you to kind of navigate the one controllable in a in a field of things that you're not controlling very much. 
Yeah. And also, you know, there's a lot of understandable stuff at the moment about kids and phones and different apps and access and people fall at different points of this. Maybe there are some parents who feel like, well, they're eventually going to have to get very used to technology. So we might as well have them use it. Others may feel like they want to limit access. And the thing is, is the app is providing the education that they're looking for on social media but in an app that's outside of any algorithm that's going to send them down a rabbit hole of something that you don't want them to see. So, you know, it's completely curated to be age appropriate. They're not going to end up in every area of the app that you wouldn't be comfortable with. And also it's free, which means you can download the app and read and look through it all of your own time, you know, on your own time, and then decide if you're happy for this to be something that your child uses. Because with the Tina device, you can your your child can start using that before their first period because obviously they will have their first ovulation before their first period. So they can actually have a heads up as to when their first period is going to arrive, but they can also start reading the articles and going doing the animated cycle journey and exploring the app with you um, when they're young, when they're getting ready, so that when it comes. You know, they get to, they have a sort of two week window in which they know when it's going to arrive and can feel fully prepared. It's no longer so much of a shock or surprise situation, which I know it was for me when I was a teenager. Um, and that, you know, facilitates the conversation between parents and their children, but also like practically makes it really much easier to navigate, I think. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, gosh, I was just thinking about that. And how just in terms of people already using the app for the younger girls, obviously before they get their period, whether they're 10 or they're 11 or they're nine, you know, I love that you have curated, you've got the magazine and you've got the animated like kind of experience of walking through it all. And then you have like the anatomy that that really connects the dots for things. Have you found that that, te- that preteens and moms or, or family members have been utilizing the app depending on differently, depending on or the experience, um, depending on where they are in their journey? I was just curious if you've kind of seen some of that play out already of people like figuring out how to make it work for them where their daughter is at in their journey. But it's also where they're at because there's still a lot of women, adult women who are uncomfortable with having that conversation. For sure. Or don't even know their cycle either. Let's, I mean, let's just, as much as we know it's out there, it's, this is still very new, you know? I think there's adult women who feel uncomfortable with knowing how to have the conversation. Perhaps second, you know, second tier of that is perhaps don't feel they know everything that they would like to be able to share or know quite how to share it. And the app is a good conduit for that because it's, you know, uh, all vetted, expert, written and produced with education in mind. As I said, it's all, you know, they're not going to be taken outside of the app at any point. So it's, you know, used to sort of get, you would give, maybe you still do give your child books, but this is sort of a useful addition that then gives them a tool to continue to actually uh, track their whole menstrual cycle but also you know it's uh, it's an app it's a tech device I've heard a lot from dads who felt like this has been a really great way for them to speak with their daughters about menstrual cycles because they're super comfortable with the idea of it being like oh help me set up Tina how do I use the app how do I bluetooth the Tina you know that's kind of like uh, okay this is like a game or like teaching them something with practical, building something, doing something. And that has been very 
uh, has been a facilitator there too, I think, as well. And then I think, you know, when they're older, um, it's more, well, it's nice to know that they can go through this at their own pace, but you can also see what they're looking at. So you're not just putting them on Google to like spin out and find whatever, or just putting them on TikTok and you don't know what they're going to find out or what, you know, once they've typed in how to use a tampon, where that's going to take them. And, you know, there is a lot of great information on TikTok, but there's also, you know, uh, depending on what you're looking for, it doesn't, you know, it can take you in lots of different directions. So, yeah, those are really the different aspects of it. And I think, as I said, you know, some are using it before their first period to know when their first period will arrive. So they're getting in on this very young nine or ten. Um, but then you also have young women in the older age groups going, you know, before college, into college, who just would really like to have more of an idea of what's going on with their cycle and feel more of a sense of confidence and control. Because, again, they're overscheduled. They've got lots of responsibilities. Then we also have uh, a group that's more like uh, sort of the, you know, the teen athletes who are headed for college scholarships, very serious minded athletic types who are great at routines and great at like being conscious of their body and great at implementing things they need to implement for training and team sports, et cetera. And this really builds into that very well. And also they really like knowing like when they're going to get their period and it's helpful for them to know that it's helpful for them to know that their energy levels may change and to have that level of information when, you know, they're scheduling games and they're looking at what their capabilities will be week to week. So we have a few different types of of young people who and different ways that they're coming into it and then their parents as well. I love it. Yeah, I was just thinking about the journey, depending on the age and, and how to really, you know, really work for wherever you are. Because I think, yeah, by the time you're in high school, you are a lot, you're a little bit more interested. It, there's a little bit more of, I want to call it a clockwork cycle, but definitely things have become a little bit more you know, by the time you're a senior, it's, you know, maybe you got your period at 11 and now you're 17, 18. Things have kind of, you kind of have gotten into a, a, a more of a groove than maybe when you were 12, 13 or 14. And um, and you're looking at things and you're, you're really able to put it together. And I can totally see how it's beneficial of people heading into college because again, you're, you know, I've, I've used a lot of tracking apps and they can get muddled and confusing and just kind of messy and, and they can definitely send you down different spirals um, that may not be necessarily, definitely not appropriate for some kids. And so I love that this is really easy. It's got a positive spin. There's, you know, you can use it for a lot of different journeys from, we're talking about, a, we're talking like a 10 to 12 year span is really what we're talking about. Um, and a lot changes in that in those 10 to 12 years. So I just wanted to just point that out that this can really be a part of a, a girl's journey and a family's journey helping to support her for a big chunk of time. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's the thing is it also is about, you know, maybe this is something, you know, eventually we might see as an option in health clinics, you know, as I said, with ACOG recommendations or in you know, school nurses or college health clinics providing, because as I said, it's not about tracking fertility during a time when, you know, the barrier options tend to be the, the things that you will be presented with when you go to a health clinic or a school nurse. And so, you know, that does, it, it sort of sidesteps that, but allows the possibility of also, um, you know, providing the option for them to track their data, have this historical data to, at hand, 
And then if they do feel that they may have some underlying issues going on, they can learn about them early and not find themselves getting diagnosed, you know, 10 years down the line and having gone through all sorts of different things that they realized didn't help. So, you know, getting onto these things early on and also realizing sort of the feedback system. So we do have tips and advice. We will be building out, you know, the the current 40 articles in the magazine is not the end. Every month we are adding new content. So at the moment we have some tips and advice that comes from, you know, research, science-backed ideas of like natural treatments for bloating, for hormonal acne, for um, heavy periods, for painful periods. Um, so that, you know, if it's not something that is unmanageable, that often you would go to your doctor for, or they, we tell them to obviously talk to a trusted adult or their doctor, that something that you still feel requires some level of treatment, that there are other options there in the app that are backed with research that are, would be considered natural treatments. Hmm, I love that. And, and really quickly, is the Tina app available on, on all of the interface? So iPhone and... Android. Um, yes, no, it is. It's on I, uh, Apple and Android, and it's free. Um, if you go to the App Store, you can go to Tina Period Guide, and it will pop up, or just go to mytina.com, and you'll have the direct link. And so, yeah, you can download that, and as I said, explore all the free resources. Maybe that will be where the journey ends, or you will add in the Tina device, which is at the moment on launch special until the end of the month, and then that gets paired through Bluetooth with the app. And then you have this access to first period and next period, accurate tracking cycle phase, all the cycle synced affirmations and tips and everything. Mm. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I just so appreciate your dedication and commitment to, you know, like I said, body positivity and women understanding that the incredible health component of their menstrual cycle, Holly. I mean, I know you've put so much into this and the fact that it is really, it's it's health focused. Like this is about the health of our girls as the deal and in how they can understand their bodies and gain agency over their bodies, not from self-confidence to understanding the hormone changes you know, that really just empowers and sets them up for such incredible success as um, as they navigate, you know, junior high and high school and college and, you know, just really just knowing and owning their bodies and owning their unique um, system. So thank you. I can't wait. I can't wait for people to go. There's my, I know mamas are listening right now. I know they're thinking about their girls. I get messages all the time about my daughters in high school. This is what's going on with their And there's, there's so much of like, what can I do? How can I learn more about this? And you've literally, this is, this is such an incredible solution for that. Yeah. And I mean, that's how we feel. uh, We felt about it too. You know, that there's these moms who are in maybe perimenopause, menopause, you know, we talk about perimenopause as a second adolescence, and then they have their actual adolescence in the house too. And it's a lot, right? But maybe you can bond on the experience, the hormonal experience you're both going through. And, you know, we've talked about that a little bit too the idea of connecting in that way and introducing, you know, the menstrual cycle um, through, you know, what's going on in your home at the moment. Yeah, I love that. And yes, I always love talking about ushering into perimenopause is that second, that that second adolescent, you know, that the, um, you know, that second puberty (laughs) of transition. So yeah, so Holly, thank you so much. I will make sure to link to my Tina for one, the, the, the website, 
but then also give all the details about the app. Is there anywhere else you would love for us to go and check out Tina? Yeah, so you can also go to mytina.com and plug in the discount code essentially and you will get an additional discount on top of the current launch special. Um, And then on TikTok and Instagram, uh, we're at WeAreTina, and Tina is T-E-E-N-A. So mytina.com is the website. Then on social media, it is WeAreTina. Perfect. Thank you. I will have all of that in the show notes as well. Again, thank you so much for your time and your brilliance today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you too. Thanks very much for having me on. Honestly, after this amazing conversation with Holly, I wish this app existed for me when I was growing up. Obviously, there weren't iPhones back then, but if I could go back in time, I would make sure all the girls had this app. And I can see how it is really helping to support teens during their most confusing years to know what's going on with their bodies and to know that a lot of what's going on with their bodies is normal. Or if something isn't feeling right, they can really check in with their body and check in with this app to kind of get a feel if something isn't right. Now, if you have a teenage daughter or a niece, or you have you know a best friend mama with a teen in your life that could benefit from further understanding more about what's going on with their bodies, I highly recommend checking out the app, Tina. It's completely free. And what I love about this app is obviously moms can be the ones who host it so that they can learn a lot, you know, they can support their daughters or support their kids through this journey, which I think is really, really cool. Now to go and learn more, if you want to go and check out how the app works, you can just go to MyTina, it's M-Y-T-E-E-N-A.com, and I will have the link in the show notes. And if you want to go check it out on Instagram, it is WeAreTina, and I also believe that's also where it is on TikTok as well. Now, if you found this episode helpful in any way, I would love for you to go and subscribe to the show for more easy tips to heal your hormones and to upgrade your health. And feel free to subscribe as well so that we get more women, more mamas to teen girls really up-leveling their health to become the CEO of their health. See you on the next episode.